0: welcome to the intercut podcast channel i'm your co-host zachary shevich and joining me he's like Willy wonka it's arturo zurita
1: i don't even want to be the one with the chocolate the golden ticket (laughs) i'll just watch from a distance but zach we are talking about one of the shows that was one of your most anticipated both of our most anticipated and now maybe one of the best shows to one of us Another one that may respect it a lot, but may feel very icky. Yeah, certainly
0: the the most controversial comedy to come out in a little while, although I don't know if we anticipated that from the start. The rehearsal is a new show from Nathan For You creator, Nathan Fielder, in which the comedian gives people the chance to rehearse for their own lives in a world where nothing turns out as expected. Art, we've been discussing the show for several weeks on the Weekend Must Watch podcast. But- we have been pretty coy about what actually happened, so as to not spoil the bizarre ex- experience for other people. But now, for the people who ha- have seen this show, what were the things that stood out to you immediately about Fielder's new show, The Rehearsal?
1: Uh, I think early on, when we saw the teaser to it, I think everybody had connected. To kind of be like a, okay, it's like synecdoche, but it's not necessarily going full Kaufman where it's this narrative and he's being meta in it. He is casting people who are, in a sense, portraying a person who he wants them to be and sometimes it feels like they're gonna fall into being that it almost felt like if you've seen nathan for you the finale that he had there which is fantastic uh in finding francis yeah it's like a part two to that it's like he realized totally. towards the end of that show i could do something where i'm not dissecting other people i'm partly dissecting or even more so dissecting myself and then mm-hmm. decided to make the entire show that is the rehearsal, that. To me, this is him going through his own demons, him trying to work out things that he hasn't been able to in his life yet and uh, really created, pawns around him, really created an entire rehearsal space just to be able to vent that out on HBO's budget. I kind of respect that, but I also kind of think it's the craziest thing.
0: I mean, it, it is very, very crazy. And I do think like, obviously it is a show that is to an extent about neuroses and about living out all the crazy scenarios that your brain can think of because I think one of the things that anxiety does to you is it sort of makes you imagine every possible scenario including the worst ones, including the ones that don't make any sense. And Mm -hmm. Nathan has chosen to literalize that feeling, that anxiety by making a show in which they explore all these different possibilities and they dive down every rabbit hole of conversation that could potentially you know steer somebody off their path from doing the thing they want to do I think it's it's just a pretty brilliant show in the way that it both literalizes people's fears in being honest with others or or in experiencing something new but it also it shows the ridiculousness of it too which in a way shows that to get too worked up about something to to get too anxious about it is to put almost like too much effort into it and he literalizes that by putting way too much effort into these recreations Understood. down to to the rips in the chairs in the alligator lounge to the to the balloon in the ceiling just the way that they will go to those details i think is is so impressive that even if you aren't necessarily jiving with the show on like a, a tonal level or a comedic level, you're going to be awed by some of the production aspects of it.
1: Yeah, you're just impressed by it. You're intrigued because, again, the central premise is that he's almost creating the pseudo-family where he wants to see what happens if you're able to cast a mom, cast a child, cast an entire family uh, to see what can come out of that. And eventually he becomes a central figure there where you realize he's not really doing this to put on a show. What originally became uh, this technology if you want to call it where he helped uh, a guy who did bar trivia figure out how he can reveal the truth to his friends <laughs> he realizes he could use this for something else it's almost like that yeah. barf technology that iron man had where it was just to do some self-therapy <laughs> he's right. doing that over here but with a tv miniseries budget uh, it's not even a miniseries anymore i think we found out that
0: season two it'll stock be back prices,
1: stock prices went up <laughs> thanks to the sequel but yeah. yeah it's just fascinating how he's able to extend that but that he doesn't know when to stop, right? Like right. right when you think he's not gonna outdo himself again or he's starting to actually become very dramatic. You you might see how this experiment may be going wrong. He doubled downs downs on it on ways that you didn't think he could from yeah. previous episodes and it's so- it's crazy.
0: So let's chart the progression of the series a little bit. Because in episode one, it's it's probably the biggest outlier, the orange juice, no pulp episode, in that it doesn't feature any of the elements involving the fake family that would come to dominate and kind of define the show. Uh, but that first episode featuring Core and his bar trivia uh, confession, I thought was one of the really strong... Pilot? Fo- like, full statements, right? Like it's, it feels like a beginning, middle and end. It could have been a one-off special. It didn't even need to go beyond that. But I think it's something that is highlights the best aspects of the show in that it's very ridiculous, very absurd, unexpectedly comedic. And then ultimately by the end, kind of profound and emotional. Like I, I felt very touched in those final confession moments in Nathan trying to explore, confessing his own secrets to core and realize realizing maybe I'm not ready to do that myself, even though I'm pushing others to, to do these confessions. I I think it's very interesting. The ways in which Nathan often uses the subject of these episodes to implicate his own shortcomings
1: easily. Uh, That's probably one of the things that I think has really resonated with a lot of people is Mm -hmm. that in saying and calling out something from one of the subjects he may have, he then plays it off as if he, isn't correcting himself on it. Everyone else must make this change except him, which I think thematically is is very interesting. If it wasn't, I guess, uh, people having a problem with it being real people. But I do like how the first one plays out with this idea that no matter how much you rehearse something, it's not going to change the fact that there's going to be variables you can't control. And the way you break down Nathan, and I think the way a lot of people see him, is that he is this dude who feels like everything needs to be that way. Everyone Mm -hmm. always scours to figure out, is he acting? You know, It's like the first Google question you see when you search up his name. And I know a lot of the side actors in the show uh, for this, uh, because he's hiring a a lot of just like extras to play Mm -hmm. parts, to hype up the real people in it, Uh, say that that's how he comes off. Mind you, how much time do they spend with Nathan? I don't know, but he dedicates himself to that role. And you're right. The first episode kind of showcases that he is yeah. there to tell other people they may need to fix something, even if he may not be fixing that himself.
0: Right. Episode two is where the stakes get raised for the show quite a bit. And it introduces us to Angela, who is, if anything, this, the second star of the season of rehe- the rehearsal, mm-hmm the person that he decides to help explore her hope for a future as a mother by rehearsing for raising a child in a house that he's designed where they're putting vegetables into the garden so that they can don't have to wait for them to grow and and just really gets into this whole like weird family dynamic that we talked about earlier. It's also the episode where I think we started to get some of this idea of, is he being fair to the subjects? Not specifically Angela, but more so in the other guy who comes along, uh, Mr. Scion, crashes, Crashes Scion C- at hundred miles per yeah. hour. What was that? I forgot that dude's name, but Robert. yeah, I, I think, I think one of the things that becomes interesting there is this idea of are you being manipulated into making yourself look bad mm. or do you just kind of look bad and Nathan's cameras happen to capture it?
1: All right, look, I- if I may, you know how there's a the Sasha Baron Cohen mentality where he yeah. knows what he's going to get out of people and he's kind of there to exemplify, to kind of shine a light of look at what this side of America thinks. But he's... Mm-hmm purposefully going to said conventions rally states because he may not know how they're going to say something but he knows the vicinity of what they're going to spew yeah. i do feel that nathan does cast he seeks out these people who he knows are going to do something and then acts surprised like oh my goodness obviously you didn't know he's crashing what his th- third <laughs> his third scion but right. you knew what you were getting yourself into and i think that's part yeah. of the the show that uh I feel is him not really leaving it up to chance as much as he wants it to totally. come off as. Um, no, I do I, I do
0: think there's this element of any show like this, uh, and maybe that's also part of the point, too, in that they try to treat it as in, like, these are just regular people, but you know that's not really the case. And by the way they act you know that casting has taken their time to find people who they think will do interesting things. Now, how much of that is just a result of putting up nearly anonymous Craigslist ads and seeing the type of people who respond to that? I don't know, but Mm. just as much as it is like a, a... as, as it is them presenting a version of these people, it's them also selecting the people carefully. And yes. there's definitely not an accident that they ended up with wow. people like Horan, like Angela, who, who are these very interesting characters, regardless of how Nathan interacts with them.
1: I mean I think it gets even bigger than that because you have the character of I mean I don't even want to call our character we'll get into this idea where people think that everybody yeah. is fake in the show, which is fascinating, but you have yeah. the mom You don't you're not
0: buying into the conspiracies that they're all actors and It's all scripted. Look,
1: look, look. look. I think Nathan's crazy enough to do it. I just don't think that's true. Uh, But we'll get into that later on. It's almost
0: Uh, too bizarre to be scripted at times, uh, I think.
1: Almost. But he's such a bizarre dude. Look, she's very religious. And there is this whole element in the show where you almost feel that Nathan's never really put his religion forward. His own, you know, just upbringing. And it it clashes really with her character because as they're both playing parents, there's this idea of how are you going to raise a child? What's the child's name? adam Adam. (laughs) you're dealing with the other guy that accidentally got cast who sees 33 as a mile marker because that's when jesus died he's about to die because he's driving at that speed looking down on his phone i feel like there's too many coincidences that uh if you're relying on that being by chance that makes nathan look no weirder than the people who he cast in the show but i don't think he's leaving it up to chance this is a person who wants everything down to a t and it's only little moments that end up surprising nathan I I he is we were explaining this on the Weekend Must Watch. I think there's a lot of religious undertones in the in the series that where a lot of people think he's playing God, like you said, being able to raise the kid, being able yeah. to change the plantations and everything that he's got there. Uh he ain't God, he's the devil. He is Satan. <laughs> he is Hasatan in this thing. He is controlling everybody at whim, promising them this glorious whatever it may be, five minutes yeah. of fame because they're all actors. Mm-hmm. They just think that they're playing a family but they're ready to, to clock out uh, at a certain point.
0: He definitely is a bit of like a, a mischievous imp. Um, moving on <laughs> into like episode three is... Uh, my I favorite. Think, is that one your favorite? I think I mean, it's my favorite. It's the first one where we get somebody who maybe can't handle the fielder method in that we're introduced to Patrick who is trying to Uh, confessed something to his brother and Nathan sends him on this whole adventure involving hidden gold in order to literalize this idea that he's potentially with a gold digger. And I think it's one of those moments that the show, like if you can't tolerate the cringe inducing nature of people being put into the most awkward situations imaginable, getting this guy to wipe some random dude's ass is absolutely going to set you over the edge. But you said this one was your favorite of the episodes.
1: Yeah. There's something about this one where, uh, it is very much like a a prank show or a prank movie, like bad trip where they like, they pull a prank on somebody that lasts a minute. And you're like, Mm -hmm. damn, they really had to put that person through that. Whatever the scare is or dang, the house is on fire. They think the whole blame is on them. Nathan's like, I don't, know, I don't want to call him cruel because I know that word's been used a lot. But he's just yeah. like, what if I took that minute and extended it to a day in basis where you're going to come into this raising canes and I have to relive what may be you giving up your inheritance because uh, people don't trust the woman who you're with. And the way that he's <laughs> able to flip that, I think, is where you get the best elements of the show. I don't have a problem with the show being, uh, I don't know how you would phrase it, uh, iffy or sketchy on its morality or its approach, its ethics.
0: Yeah. If it's morally gray. To-
1: It's morally gray, but it could still be entertaining. It could still be making a point, even if it's also guilty of that point. And I think this episode exemplifies it the best.
0: Yeah, I, I actually absolutely agree with that. Like, I think one of the things that the show does is it's not necessarily claiming innocence from some of the uglier aspects of what reality TV does, Yeah. but by highlighting them, it's sort of meant to condemn an industry rather than a specific act right Mm -hmm. and I think that's to me that's one of the things that I think is really remarkable about this show is that it's kind of it's almost like a martyr for the evils of reality TV
1: to a degree. Uh, I will say one thing that it is guilty of. Vincent, the fake grandpa in this show, he talked about yeah. how he's like an undercover person. So he knew that that's why they scoped him out. And he's one of the ones who said, you know, Nathan acts just like that. I don't think he's acting. He acts just like yeah. he does. But he was kind of lied to. Uh, we see this with a lot of docs or, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. Nomadland that brings somebody in telling them that it's something or promising them something goes the other way. Yeah. He did say, he's like, they did jit me. They had me film a whole bit to promote my book and it never went. And as soon as the show came on and his episode said, they reminded him about his NDA. They said, don't say anything.
0: <laughs> That's dot,
1: dot, 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 dot. So, again, yeah. it is guilty of the same practices that it's critiquing. I don't know if there's a better approach to that. Because we talk about a lot of docs where it gets into a very gray area of observing something. But if it if the documentarian interacts, then it's ruining the purpose of what it's observing. So, right. I guess there's some times where you're just going to be guilty of uh, said thing, but...
0: We'll, we'll circle back to the ethics for sure, but uh, let's talk a little bit about episode four, The Fielder Method, which is as close as this or any TV show has probably gotten to like literally being Inception or something. The the layers upon layers upon layers that you get here as Nathan opens up an acting school, tries to inhabit one of the students taking his class, and then sends that student on crazier and crazier tasks so that he then can dive more into character to the point where he's living in someone else's house, wearing their clothes and eating their cereal. I, this was the episode to me that just kind of cemented him as this unbelievable, crazy genius who who is going to push to levels that no one else will. The way that it just kept getting deeper and deeper into the into the task into the layers i, I found to be pretty mind blowing
1: I, I, I like the chicken tender episode it's my personal favorite this is the best one out of the series it is him yeah. perfecting what he's going for it's like you were saying earlier if you're not into the comedy and you're not into uh the themes of it just the uh the premise of how crazy he can get into this thing It's fascinating, and I think that what he does really well here is that's this is when he starts breaking down that barrier of his own personal life that he's being meta of, and then what he's critiquing in the industry, because the way that he hires these actors to play, like, different roles and and different things to each other, especially leading on to the finale, he's kind of showcasing how you're setting yourself up to be uh, vulnerable. Uh, There's something with the extras that we'll get into later that I, I think really connects to his fielder method here where people are just bystanders and he kind of right. show. this is the episode where he was really able to showcase that we're still acting, even if we're not actors, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, so it's, so it's interesting
0: because uh, where go the ahead. Reddit
1: account did the rehearsal, rehearsal, thing right. too, which was funny. <laughs> so before they posted on the rehearsal subreddit, they had a, a practice one leading up to it, but
0: yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, it's interesting because you see these actors who are actual aspiring actors and like think about acting as a craft, trying to sort of pick apart what he's asking of them and compare it to other methods of acting. And yeah. they talk about do the action being the character, which is sort of a, Uh, one of the ideas in acting and that you can like through actions inhabit who the character is Mm. and in a way it reduces people down to being props and I think that is kind of one of the things that ultimately gets this show in trouble but also makes it so funny in that the way that Nathan is able to use people the same way that other shows might use like a lamp in that they're just like the funniest (laughs) thing to put in that place for Mm -hmm. this scene.
1: It's so over the top as well. But this is, I think, why people started going, wait, what if his Fielder method actually works? (laughs) When he's hiring someone to recreate a scenario and he's like, oh, they're not coming off as authentic. What if he nailed it? And the people we think are real in the show are just really good Fielder Method graduates. Mm-hmm. And we'll never know, Zach. <laughs> um, this
0: episode also features the 15-year-old Adam played by the actor Joshua, who's one of my favorites in series. the series. The line, you're a disaster, my guy, is maybe the line of the <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> Although this is, he also is part of one of the absolute darkest turns this show takes in that they end this episode with this whole like drug sequence and an an overdose. And it, it Mm -hmm. gets to one of these places where you kind of, I feel like I felt myself sit up and ask like, is this a joke anymore? Like what, where is he going? What, what buttons is he trying to push? Is it just about making people uncomfortable or is it really, is it really like, just wanting to experience something that is your greatest fear.
1: Mm-hmm. And That's what I'm saying. I think he's not really f- being surprised. He is leading himself to find these turning points where yeah he's setting people up for it. Uh, and that's why some of the later episodes get a little iffier. But mm-hmm. the title to this next one, I had to do a double take on that one after finishing it.
0: <laughs> Apocalypto episode five. This is the episode in which Nathan finally decides to confront Angela over the way that she's raising their their sort of son, their fake mm-hmm. son. And Angela's ha- uh, strict Christian beliefs that don't allow any room for Nathan's own Judaism, uh, Jew- Jewish beliefs it doesn't allow for Nathan to raise the son with Judaism in his life, so Nathan, as he does throughout his shows and seemingly throughout his life, schemes a way to give his son both upbringings. Uh, this is—it's a very silly episode. I don't know if you had any greater thoughts on it or, or on the experiment as a as a total, because this is also the episode where Angela mostly exits the show.
1: Yeah, she like she calls him out and says, "At the end of the day, it's still going to be what you want it to be." And there's mm-hmm. that back and forth where he calls her out for not really being not- a part of the experiment, and she's like, "Well, I'm just doing what you asked me to do," with the implication yeah. being she's just enjoying being there on vacation, using up HBO's money. Yeah, which ironically, Zach is pretty funny when you think of the whole premise <laughs> yep, of the show.
0: Kind of what Nathan feels feels like Nathan's yeah. doing too.
1: Um, I will say that there are moments where, again, how many people can say an anti-Semitic thing? Mind you, we live in America, I guess it's just like that, but you would think that the casting director from the Raising Canes to who's going to be a lead to even a mother later on in the the finale, I I sometimes wonder if he's keeping a lot of those scenes in or if he's already, like we were saying, scoping out these people who are problematic because Mm -hmm. in them being problematic, it justifies what he's doing to them.
0: Yeah. I mean, he definitely feels like a like he is good at pushing buttons you know in this episode there is a moment where he brings in the woman that he's hired to teach his son Jewish lessons to have an argument essentially with Angela yeah, and better. Angela sees through it. Angela knows that Nathan is just trying to set up a scene. And as she's saying it, he's there kind of poking at them, kind of trying to, to raise the tension a little bit. Uh-huh. So he's definitely not do like not innocent in a lot of this, this uh, drama that ends up is created ends up being created. Mm hmm. All right, so why don't we get to the final episode, Pretend Daddy. This was the only episode that they did not send to critics in advance. So we've been waiting for a few weeks to see how this whole thing would wrap up. And it was honestly, to me, the most interesting episode of the series. I don't know if I'm going to say best, but it definitely feels like the one that gets to the heart of what Nathan is trying to do here. And I, I don't know, I found it to be really stunning. Obviously, the big takeaway is uh, the, <laughs> the the whole situation with Remy, the six-year-old who plays one of the child, who is one of the child actors involved in this big experiment who bonds with Nathan to the point of saying that he loves his pretend daddy and cries a lot at being told that his time is in the experiment is over. Uh, And I think the thing that I'm ultimately struck by, aside from just being like obviously viscerally sad to, to see this child in pain and unhappy that he's no longer get to experience this thing that brought him so much joy, is that I think this is a thing that happens a lot. And it's not something that we're often privy to. There are many child actors who are working in Hollywood and who get hired onto all sorts of productions. And when those productions end, there isn't a documentary crew also filming behind the scenes and then repackaging that into an episode. So as upsetting as it is to see, I think there's a bravery in then also including it in your show, not just shuffling it off to the sides not lying about the collateral damage caused by his adventure and and trying to actually navigate what to do about a really difficult situation
1: Mm -hmm. i'd say the best part of this episode is the remnants of the fielder method episode i think it's like a really good part two to that because this is the one where he brings in the extras And then realizes extras can't speak. And it's like he's commenting on, like, did y'all know this is a thing? Absolutely hilarious. Saved $15,000 on that birthday party. $15,000 for sure. Uh, But what else do people do to save $15,000 that make it not as authentic? Does it matter? Especially when you're talking about birthday parties. He did this really fine line uh, that I appreciated and I respect in the finale of kind of um, paralleling parenting to running a set how cheap can you Mm -hmm. go uh what are the ins and outs to it as you were describing being able to have this child who can't differentiate especially with that kid's background of not having a dad that this isn't their father but do kids know that what are the types of parents that are putting their children in acting classes Mm -hmm. are they there to take care of them emotionally you would agree he is very well aware though nathan what was going to happen to the child
0: um I mean I don't know about very well aware. I think he seems pretty shocked by it honestly that and 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 more disturbed by it than the parent often because I think the parent has a better sense well, he of her goes child back for but Content.
1: But he has to back I, to fix a child.
0: I I I could I would I'm happy to say that bo- it's both if you don't want to agree with me fine but I I would say it's both because there are moments there where he does look quite concerned. Uh, there's a, a moment where after Remy has stopped calling him daddy where he brings it back up again and you see Nathan's demeanor change. I don't know. I don't think he's yeah, not he bothered by this.
1: He blames the mom. I wouldn't he say says, he He says, "Are you bl- sure?"
0: I I think he's genuinely asking because he's not a parent. I mean, this whole thing, his whole involvement in it started because of his own anxiety over being a parent. And if we want to get back to that whole second half that, that I found to be just sublime in its weird mix of unsettling moments and surreality and awkward comedy, I think what that whole speech at the end is meant to do for you is show that Nathan through this process does feel like he's gained some of the tools where he can be a parent where where as he's inhabiting Amber and he's supposed to be playing fake Remy's mom he says no I'm your daddy I I am I am a dad I can do this and I've navigated a tough challenge with Remy and we've we've gotten through it he's gotten through the difficulty of that moment I, Nathan, too, can handle being a parent, even though I'm not. And uh, ultimately, I think there is a lot of, like, genuine concern there, even though it's then repackaged into content.
1: As producer of the show, I think he has interest in said storyline, for sure. But I wonder if, from the line that the mom gives him of, trust me, I know, I saw it in his face, it's something you know when he's a parent. You only know that when you're a parent looking at your kid's eyes. I think it's still something he hasn't experienced. So I wonder him having a kid, how different that would have him look back at what he does in the show. Yeah. I will leave it at that.
0: It is funny because it has been like a continued fascination of his, the idea of showbiz parents and what they're willing to put their kids Dude, through. Yeah. And the, the Claw episode, one of the most infamous episodes of Nathan for You, he he talks openly about these parents let their children do this for $100, let them children potentially be exposed to him for $100. So I don't know. I think part of his fascination is with the idea of like allowing a child to do it. But there's also just... I think part of what it is, is highlighting an aspect of the industry that doesn't get focused on the, the, the behind the scenes dealing with uh, talent and, and what happens after the show ends in a way that we don't normally get insight to. So I I found all that stuff really fascinating and really insightful. And I, I think a lot of the things that people are critiquing about that last episode, are things that the show is actually focused on and and is trying to critique as well. So I don't know if, you know, we've talked a little bit about how he is sort of crossing some ethical lines, but I think it's almost done in the pursuit of showing how easy they are to cross. And like, you know, I've been in some discussions with other people about their feelings on this and it's like maybe child labor laws need to change and if if that's what nathan is bringing to attention that that's really cool in a way too
1: yeah and i i think the what he's commenting on is genius his approach to it i can't think of another way to approach it yeah i think he's guilty of it there's no other way to go about it though i just don't like the idea that we're assuming he's as innocent we want to say he's a genius and he knows what he's going to get the kid to do, but then right. it happened by accident. What else was season, What else was episode six going to be then? It's all I mean, I th- being written I think on the fly? I think there's
0: always... I think some of it's found material. You know what I mean? Like, you, you follow the story where it takes you.
1: To a degree, for sure.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think it's almost impossible to predict that kind of reaction out of a kid. But I ultimately, kids, kids are, are resilient and, and stuff like this happens and i I, Uh, I don't really
1: when you you cast a child you know both of their parents i know that much as well so that is in the resume
0: yeah but are they are they going to restrict it to only child children from two-parent homes that that's bizarre in its
1: own way Zach, you're saying that's bizarre as if the fielder method doesn't get into what the fielder method episode gets into
0: i don't know i i just don't know if like ultimately that is a responsibility that lays on the feet of the show or or more of the industry as a whole, you know?
1: I think it's saying that other shows are responsible for it and thus it would yeah. be responsible as well. Yeah.
0: Well, regardless, it made for fascinating fascinating TV. <laughs>
1: it was enjoyable I've, to watch.
0: I I really enjoyed it. I've rewatched that final episode like 3 times already because like it's rare for me to get a feeling where it's it's not just like one feeling, right? It's a wave of different emotions. You feel the empathy for Remy. You feel the discomfort at the bizarre nature of these recreations. You feel how funny it is that their performances are tuned to this degree. But like just sitting in that mix and not really knowing what one way to feel is one of the most wonderful ways I feel like you can react to art. That's one of the most wonderful things that art can do to you. Mm-hmm. So that it gave me that feeling. I'm just very thankful to this show. It's it's easily one of the best shows of the year to me. And and I'm I i don't know, man. I, I'm always going to be there day one for a Nathan project. And the rehearsal only made me double down on that belief.
1: So you would say as a whole, you like it better than Nathan for you? Mind you, multiple seasons on Nathan, but...
0: yeah. I mean, Nathan For You, I think, is a better comedy show, and this I like more as like an existential exploration, but like that's my, that's my mode anyway. I like something that's going to make me think and make me question stuff, so mm-hmm. this, is, this is certainly a deeper, more complex show than Nathan For You, uh, even though Nathan For You is brilliant in its own way, too.
1: Mm -hmm. I would highly recommend if you're on HBO and you haven't caught it for whatever reason, I feel like if you've caught this, you have definitely hopped on to how to with John Wilson. He is also producer on that bad boy. And that's another example of approaching the exact same stuff here, but like really having that one-on-one interaction with people and then being able to highlight nuances or, or or things about, you know, people you may cross on a daily basis that you may not know about. So it's a fascinating world. Even when it, it dives into elements that people may not agree with, even, that i feel are a little bit sketchy it's still fascinating to see how he's able to build this world and get authentic reactions because again that's what the total methods about he doesn't want to see you acting he wants to make sure that you've got it and at the end it's just realizing no matter how hard you try there is no rehearsal for life
0: yep yep and, and I, I love that there's like that profound slice to it too uh it's such an interesting show i'm also Especially after watching this, like, that much more excited for the show that he has in the works with Emma Stone and the Safdie brothers. I think it's going to be for Showtime, and they play a couple who has an HGTV show that starts to go wrong. Let's go. just after seeing this, like, knowing that that's coming up next, they're going to absolutely crush it. I'm really, really excited for that, too. So... I'd say a a strong recommendation for me on the rehearsal, and I think you'd recommend it too, maybe not as highly as I do.
1: No, no, no. I I recommend it. I like what he's going for. I could just also understand the iffiness of what happens in there. But at the same time, I'm telling you, people were saying that there's an ARG game to this where you follow every book or thing that's mentioned in the show and that it leads you into somehow seeing different connections. But people are like, there's no way he built these accounts back in 2013. There's just... There's right. just no way But that, right?
0: That's the thing. That right? he is so good at this that it gets people into that conspiratorial type of speak thinking. It's I successful. mean, like it's the man behind dumb Starbucks. He could be he could be behind anything. Who knows? He hacked the Emmys, reportedly.
1: <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> supposedly.
0: Allegedly, supposedly. Uh, all right, so uh, check out the rehearsal. Let us know what you think, whether or not it is <laughs> an ethically compromised show or if you just <laughs> you were able care. to enjoy it. May- maybe it's going to be too much for you. I-, I feel like that's totally a possibility too. But that's all for this installment of After Credits. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, at Zshevich, that's Z-S-H-E-V venti, I-C-H. And Check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at multiplex show artwork where can people find more from you
1: you can find me over at lme explain or lme streams while i will be doing my lmes first to make sure that they're well and then i will put it on the lme uh my twitter and my rehearsal <laughs> twitter my letterbox and then every week here on the intricate podcast where we just go raw
0: you can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I happen to like overcast. And then make sure you subscribe not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can catch our bright smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of the Intercut Weekend Must Watch streaming on our YouTube channel every Monday. And please leave us a comment, like the videos, and consider heading over to iTunes to give us that much-requested five-star review. Shout out to our listeners in Ghana. Like our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Support our Patreon. All of them are at IntercutPod to get updates throughout the week from me, from Art, from all the guests that we feature here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, we all make mistakes, Baba.